science fiction is an existential metaphor. It allows us to tell stories about the human condition. Isaac Asimov once said, individual science fiction stories may seem as trivial as ever to the blinder critics and philosophers of today. But the core of science fiction, its essence has become crucial to our salvation. Tell me how many lights you've seen. Yeah! Ah! Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Herzog. And good evening, I am Miles McLaughlin. I'm Chrissy Rappensberger. And I'm Dave Sellers. And tonight we have a fantastic show for you talking about all sorts of things sci-fi. We really haven't uh, gotten together for about a month here because of schedules and everything and conventions and house sellings and other stuff. So it's been it's great to actually get together and talk again with you guys. Um, but And uh, for those of you joining us, if you don't know, we do have a Patreon they can check out. Just go to patreon.com backslash sci-fi. And we can get a trial on Audible on us at audibletrial.com backslash sci-fi diner. So, how is everyone doing here? Pretty good. Yeah. yeah. I'm doing really well. Yeah. I, C- I, congrats, Jen, on becoming a master clinician. Or well, techni- so, it, it goes, first you go and you get your master's of social work. Then you become a licensed social worker, so you sit for a test. Then you spend a bunch of years and a bunch of money getting supervision. Then you sit for another test, and then you are a licensed clinical social worker, which means that you were able to operate independently. So if I wanted to go out and open my own practice and build insurances, I could. There's a difference between being a therapist and being a counselor. Therapists have credentials and are regulated. You, any of you can hang a shingle outside your house and call yourself a counselor. Okay, good. But you can't, you can't build insurance. And I really recommend if you do have someone who's hanging their shingle out and just calling themselves a counselor, you do your research and you understand that they are not a licensed professional. Yeah, got it. Got I'm not it. saying that they're not good. I'm just saying that they're not licensed. Yeah, very good. But again, congratulations on passing the exam. Thank you. So, yeah. Thank you. I've worked since I decided to go back to school and get my master's. I've worked 10 years towards this. Twice, oh, so. Congrats. Congrats. Yeah. And so if we're busting on Chrissy not doing her homework, there's a reason she isn't it, doing her homework. And it's totally legit. I'm totally still going to bust on you. Oh, yeah. yeah absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> That's right. All right. Well, uh, Miles, what are we going to be talking about tonight? So we are going to get into what's going on in our sci-fi world. There actually was a new uh, Ahsoka trailer dropped a week ago. So I thought yes. we could watch that. And um, uh, Dave and I have some uh, reflections on shore leave. Both of us had the opportunity to attend uh, that con. Um, And um, we're going to drop an interview uh, that I did with um, um, the the Al's Rockies, uh, father and and daughter. Um, Both of them are are voice talents. Um, The, 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 uh, the dad has, has uh, done a lot of uh, live acting. Uh, he, was, he had a part in uh, Reno 911. 
So I uh, we want to share that with you. Absolutely. Yeah. It sounds awesome. Sounds awesome. Well, uh, why don't we get into it and start talking? Let's find out what is going on in our sci-fi world. And, um, Chrissy, why don't we start with you? I know that you've been busy with other things, but have you had any time at all to do anything sci-fi related? Um, so I have still been playing World of Warcraft. Um, and when I wasn't studying, I did take some brief breaks to read. Um, so as always, I, I'm a speed reader. So, um, there was a book called Fourth Wing that was blowing up. So I took it out of the library, um, read Chosen Ones, um, by Veronica Roth, which is, I think, the same person who wrote the Divergent series. Um, it was, it was an interesting take on, like, the Chosen One trope, um, and that it did a lot of undermining of it, and kind of, like, took it in an interesting angle. Um, so I don't call it, like, I wouldn't call it, like, my, like, an outstanding book. I would just find it, it was just an interesting book. Um, I read After Alice, um, by Gregory, what's the name? It's the same person who wrote Wicked. Um, I wasn't as impressed with After Alice as I was with Wicked, but I also read Wicked back in high school and saw the musical and everything else. So I, I don't know if I went back and reread Wicked, if I would find it to be as new and refreshing now as I did then. Um, and my mom brought home Starbringer for me, although it's by Tracy Wolf, and I don't usually do like sci-fi fantasy romance stuff. I just don't usually it's not usually my thing, but I'm not going to argue with a free book so, you right, know. Right. Um, yeah, and then on my to-do is The Hanging City. It's probably in the next one that I'll read. Um, oh, and someone had me read a curse so dark and lonely which usually i like retelling of you know um like grimm's brothers fairy tales and everything else but it, it really wasn't a great retelling of beauty and the beast it just wasn't so it was very mediocre um i would say it's hues on the lower side of one standard deviation from the mean so that's right. how I, that's how I've decided i'm gonna review my books from now on they're <laughs> either gonna be within one standard deviation above or you know Sounds Most good. things are average. Sounds yeah. great. Very good. So hopefully I'll be able to do my homework and watch Picard now that there I'm not going go. insane. Sounds good. Won't be disappointed. That's right. I won't be. Yep. No. Miles, how about you? Tell me a little bit about your sci fi world. So um I uh, am enjoying Star Trek Strange New Worlds, but at the same time I am having a complicated relationship with new star trek um we could talk about that um mm -hmm. marvel uh, i'm watching marvel secret invasion it's a little slow burn but, I'm, but i am enjoying it saw a couple movies uh and this has been since it's been a little while since we we had uh recorded but i saw transformers rise of the beasts the weekend it dropped i really enjoyed that um uh, and i watched uh, the flash the week after and that movie has no small amount of controversy, but it also really bombed at the box office. I don't think it's quite as bad as people are saying. I, I rewatched uh, Inner Space. That was the movie with uh, Dennis Quaid and Meg Ryan. But uh, more than that, um, uh, Robert Picardo had a, a supporting role in that called the Cowboy, which is a very funny character. And if you've never seen Inner Space, 
I think it was made in 89. Um, but yeah, uh, good sci-fi comedy. Never saw it. Um, you'll, you you got to put that on your list. Right. Uh, that might be worth uh, a, a review. Uh, right. non, non-sci-fi, um, Jack Ryan dropped. So I'm watching Jack Ryan. And I'm currently reading um, the fourth and I believe the last book in the series, uh, Matt Miller and the Colonies by uh, Mark J. Rose. It's a time travel novel of uh, how this character, Matt Miller, and other people from the present got sent to um, uh, colonial America. Very good. Sounds awesome. Cool. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. We're in colonial America. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A colony. Did I, did I say that right? Um, b- before, I probably used the wrong term. Uh, just before the Revolutionary War. I shouldn't have said pre-colony. No. No, you were right. I was just wondering if there was within a particular colony because I was Jamestown colony or you know what colony? Like what? They're mostly they're they're mostly in Virginia. um, Okay, but but uh, they do go to Philadelphia. You know, in you know this is in 1760s, and they do go to uh, uh, Great Britain. Um, Matt Miller, the character, the protagonist of the book, actually meets up with uh, several of our founding fathers. um, Oh, in the book. So. All right, very good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just curious because you know different colonies kind of have slightly different flavors, and you know, oh yeah, how they're how they're working. So I was like, oh, I wonder. What and, and the author actually, you know, like, kind of, like focused in on. The author actually deals with uh, you know different flavors, and, and Virginia at the time was probably the most uh, uh, predominant um, colony uh, uh, at that time. Yeah, very good. Dave, how about you? What's going on in your science fiction world? Oh boy, um, loving, really enjoying Strange New Worlds. Uh, this is, I'm very happy with this, and I really want to talk to Miles and find out what he's got to, what what he's got going with this. Um, Marvel Secret Invasion. I, I'm a couple episodes behind on that one. Some reason we got into watching something else at the time, rewatching something else more than likely, and got to get back and finish that one because we we're really, really enjoying that one. Um, just started another playthrough of Mass Effect last weekend because I was bored. Uh, yeah, I've been pretty busy working on a bunch of other things around the house that kind of took a lot of time out. Um, Shore leave. Shore leave two weekends ago. Really, really enjoyed that. It's the first first con I was at since Bar Point in 2020. Right. Before everything shut down. Mm-hmm. So 2019, I guess, was the last shore leave I was at. So it was nice getting back to it again and seeing and talking to the people we did there. It was a it was a real real treat. You guys uh, unfortunately missed out and I, I did. We got we got to get you there next year. Yes. 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 Next we, year uh, I won't have any any test prep. That'll be good. That'll be good. I hopefully won't be selling my house. So it'll be good. I hope. I would hope not. I'd be hope not. You won't have the bed and breakfast I mean, to worry about. You're in a new house. School's out. It's July. No excuse. All right. No excuse. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, that's pretty much really been the bulk of a lot of it. Okay. Right good. Now. Good. 
For me, I am continuing to read the Dresden Files. I'm up to book six or seven. I'm absolutely loving the series. Um, and uh, James Marsters, of course, continues to beautifully read the series. So the the reader is definitely a perk, but the writing is pretty good as well. So I'm enjoying that. I uh, really enjoyed the first one. Yeah, you know what? And they actually say the first one is one of the weaker ones. So really, yeah, like that, like he his characters really develop and gain their footing in like the second, third, and fourth books, which makes sense. You know, maybe, but I'll I'll have to go back and maybe read the second and third. Like, how many are there? Twenty (laughs) seven. He's well, I mean, I guess he's he's still writing them. So, but. That keep you busy for about a week. But you know, it's a, <laughs> that's a little that's a little one piece, you guys. <laughs> yeah, but you know what? You know what it is? Is I think that series of own time. You know, you can probably like the stories are standalone stories, but there is a con- but the the character relationships are developing over them, and you get stuff that's revealed that makes sense to you in a different way than if you're just picking up a, a book out of order. So. So well worth it. I, I I would recommend the series, at least trying it out, and then if you hate it, don't continue with it. It's one of those things. But cool. So that 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 is currently taking up my reading time. Uh, I'm watching a lot of League of Legends. I am watching Strange New Worlds, and it is practically the only new sci-fi I'm watching. I tried Marvel Secret Invasion and got through the second episode, and I'm not. I'm re- I'm going to need it some convincing from you guys to continue um, because I'm not sold in the series. Um, and I don't think Disney is sold in the series either with the announcement that came out yesterday about what they're doing to their shows. Um, but Disney doesn't seem to be sold on anything that they're no, doing right they're, now. They're, 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 they're putting, they're not going to, all the shows they've been putting out, they're going to temp, they're going to temper back how many shows and how many movies they are putting out. So um yeah but um so there was that we saw Kiefer and i just went and saw across the spider-verse or whatever the new uh spider-verse movie is um and that was absolutely fantastic um best reaction so i i read nothing about it going into it so i did not know that it was a cliffhanger and we get to the end and they said to be continued, Kiefer's response is, kill me now. Shouts <laughs> it across the theater. The theater erupts in laughter. But it was absolutely classic. He he, he and I both loved, loved Into the Spider-Verse. Uh, loved all the different versions of Spider-Man. The cat Spider-Man, the T-Rex Spider-Man, the Lone Ranger and Tonto Spider-Man. I mean, the whole thing. Spider so. Spider-Man, no. Spider Spider Man, yeah. A, a, a T Rex Spider Man. Oh, and, it, and it's actually they're actually pulling from the comics. This is getting it, real Rick and Morty here. Yeah, it, 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 <laughs> believe me, there are times I wondered, but huh? No, no Jack Spider-Man. Black Spider Man. Uh, no Nacho Libre. No <laughs> Nacho Libre. But you so know, there's a, there's a reason why I said that because uh, about 20 years ago at the MTV Movie Awards, when Jack Black and uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar hosted it, this is when they were taking clips from movies and certainly um, the co-host in it, um, after uh, Peter Parker gets the you know bit by a spider, 
Um, he wakes up next morning looking like Jack Black, and it's Jack Black Spider-Man. <laughs> you ever saw that, uh, Dave? No. No. Oh. But now I'm going to have to. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it's on YouTube. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Uh, I'm sure it's there somewhere, but. Um, you have to. Yeah, a lot of lot of lot of Easter eggs and uh, cameos in it that are interesting. Interesting that they that he pull it out, and um, of course, what made the first one was the art style and some of the way the storytelling is being told, and that continues in this one. So we really enjoyed really enjoyed that. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I have watched or seen. No, I think that, that that that's probably a good a good rounding of what I've gotten involved in and what I've enjoyed. Oh, I think I don't know if we've talked since then, but I did watch the fifty fifth uh year, fifty five years of Star Trek the center stage production with Gates McFadden on Amazon, oh, cool. and that was uh I really did enjoy that series. I learned a ton about Star Trek that I didn't know, and um, and it was just neat. So. There you have it. So good deal. Cool. All right. So maybe before we get into things, do we need to have a uh, breakdown here? It sounds like there's some Star Trek love hate that Miles is having, and we need to do an intervention here to save Star Trek from Miles. But I'm more curious as to what it is because I got some feelings about it, but I, I do want to hear. I do want to hear where you're at, bud. So. We talked a little bit about this at Shore Leave, uh-huh. uh, the, the episode where La'an um, gets sent to uh, the 21st century with uh, alternate timeline Kirk. And mm-hmm. um, we find out they they change when Khan makes his appearance. And mm-hmm. um, I, I, I'm thinking about it. Now, I realize that in, in the original Star Trek series, they said Khan made his appearance as an adult in 1992 and, and reigned to 1996. Well, the writers of, of Star Trek now want to try to um, connect our world with Star Trek. And so the only way for them to do that is to change the fictional history of uh, what happened. And I don't like it. I, 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 I don't see the need for it. it. Star Trek exists in a fictional universe. We don't, you know, we don't need to do that. Well, um, well, Miles, what you need to understand is that there are many parallel universes and there are many versions in which Kanyang Sung exists. And so this is just an alternative timeline to the one that, that, that you, that, you know, originally. It's like this well, you know what? And, and, and I would agree with you, Scott, um, the, but the problem is the writers say this is still in the prime timeline. As far as how I, you know, I, I mentally make sense of it, my head can. No, this is an alternate timeline. It's similar to what happened before, but it's not exactly the same. Um, you know, there, there's things that I can make allowances for, but there's some things. No, you're just you're just changing. You know, you you were just doing something totally different than what the original series did, and. That's not that's not that's, that's not the only thing that, that that's bothering me. Um, what's also bothering me is how Spock is treated by his crew. Spock is a senior officer. He's like third in command at this time, and 
he's not given the respect he deserves. Um, uh, you know, the, you know, he gives orders, the women, you know, the one pilot, she, you know, makes snarky remarks. Now I like her character, but there's a time and place for it. You never saw that in the original series. Uh, and I, I'm all for, you know, you know, equality, egalitarian, uh, making things uh, equal. But there's a there seems to be a disproportionate amount of women, more women than men. Now I'm all for more female characters, and I don't care. But you know, if, if another Star Trek show make her a female captain, I don't care. But there, there's just um, I, I don't necessarily like how the men are treated on the show. Now, I understand the women in Star Trek weren't always treated the best, and, you know, we, we, we got to do better. But I don't think we make it, we do better by treating the men, um, you know, uh, by diminishing, you know. Do you, feel like, do you feel like that's all the men in Stranger Worlds? Not all the men. Um, I, but I don't think, but, but, but I don't, I'm, not, I'm not sure, like, Spock... And even Pike necessarily gets the respect he deserves. I mean, they're for the, just for their positions, you know, uh, it just, um, you know, I, I, I'm not sure. It, it seems a little too loosey goosey at times. Um, and, and there's there's a, you know, there's a scene where they had these these techs doing some upgrades on the ship or 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 uh, maintenance, and you know, they're getting grief from the female officers. It's like, you know, I, I you know, I. I I sort of know what they're trying to do story-wise, but I'm not sure it's it's necessary. So I'm not giving up on Star Trek. I'll probably still, you know, I'm going to still watch it. Uh, it hasn't, you know, gotten that bad for me yet. But I have, but for for me mentally, for my head can, I have to treat it like it's happening in a different timeline. This is not this is not the prime timeline. This is another timeline that this is happening in. And uh, you know, if, if you're going to move. Khan, uh, almost a hundred years into the future from when he was supposed to be, um, you you know you, you created you created a you created, uh, alternate timeline from the original. I guess my question, so, my question, Miles is: so I totally get, totally get what you're saying. If we're we're talking about and you and maybe Dave, who are I would consider more Star Trek purists. Um, then I, and I don't know, Chrissy, where you fall in that, but, um, you know, like I get, I get what you're saying. Like we want, we want all the I's to be dotted, all the T's to be crossed. I also look at it and saying, if we want Star Trek to remain relevant, then there is some updating that needs to happen, AKA, you know, minimally with the ship, obviously. They need to update the ship to not have a look like 1960 Star Trek. They need to, they need to, if they want to make these, if, if Khan's a really essential part of Star Trek and they want to make it relevant, like having him appear as a kid is a new dimension that we haven't seen a Khan. And if you're going to do that and not, you know, time warp back to the the 80s then we're going to have to see it in modern day and whatever that or whatever it's it is that they're trying because the 80s were right no yeah totally agree but they actually bring it you know a little bit further in the future like just saying this opportunity 
kid been playing the Atari. Come on. I know. Seriously. Been. I would love to see them going back in the eighties. That would have been a whole that would have been a lot of fun. But but, but fun. um I don't know. I guess so from origin story could have been like watching Transformers and like <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah. Which is interesting because it, if I'm correct, where where in the second season of Picard, when Data, aka whoever he's playing, pulls out the con folder, what year is that happening in? That's in like 2024, I think. So, how much further into the future is this con kid well, that we see? Well, I'm not. They don't say what year. Laon and Kirk go to it sometime in the um, 21st century, whether that's so that present day so, so, or a decade so, later. So, so Picard and and they they could be working off the same timeline as as Strange New Worlds. Um, oh, but what you're you, saying is it just doesn't fit into the original. Yeah, you don't see. In, in Picard, when he pulls that folder out, that file out, you don't see a date written on there, I don't believe. So, I mean, as far as we know, this is old research he's dug up from back during the eugenics time in in the nineties when they when they when Khan first appeared out of it. And I know Miles and I talked about this, like. The, the the big problem I have is there is a date on it. There is a date on it. What's the date? June seventh, nineteen ninety six. Okay, okay. So that but does that fit, have, does that fit into that, the that would have that would have fit into into the into the the standard timeline. the The problem is with the whole backstory of Khan and the eugenics wars. And all of that was a, a a pivotal point in humanity's history in the Trek timeline, where they, they actually humanity actually learned something out of this, and it took them in a certain direction. That direction led to something else, which led to something else, which ended up leading to the fallout after World War Three, bringing on Zephram Cochran and First Contact. When you delay all that now, you're, you're pushing everything else down the line. So, in Trek time theory, this ain't the Marvel multiversal cinematic horse crap universe. <laughs> the, the, the sequence of time is actually something they try to hold pretty important in Trek. All that's now delayed. So, when you get back, when, when Leon and Kirk get back to their time their proper time at the end of the episode, they're already so too far advanced from where they should be if you're counting steps along the way because of the delay of the eugenics issues and whatever developments and, and cultural and moral and philosophical advancements humanity makes after that tremendous mistake. And you're delaying things and you're holding humanity back. That's kind of my big problem with the timeline. Not so much that they put him there, rather than '96 or the '90s when he was when he came to power, but because that would have delayed everything else up to that point, and you would have been seeing Captain Pike 
if Pike was alive at that point, captaining a, a, you know an NX class and exploring the beginnings of the galaxy with Faith of the Heart, rather than on the Enterprise. Right. <laughs> I'm getting the dirty looks now. This is going to be great because I. <laughs> but do you know? Does that make sense? Do you, do you know what I mean? Like. Yeah, I think. I mean, regardless of of how people feel about where you put something, it's really time. Time travel is kind of a tricky thing in stories because you need to make sure that you don't end up breaking your story. Because if you have like, and I get like Marvel multiverse, but I think that's why at a certain point, like Marvel loses me because at a certain point I'm like, okay, so what if the heroes win or the villains win? Because in another universe, it's the opposite. And so it starts losing its its meaning. It starts losing its impact. And right. if you're constantly having timeline switching and changing and moving all around then you know things that are impactful things that are important start getting messed up and you know there's long-term consequences for even say like pushing back an advancement by a couple years or even you know a few days you know if it's a medical advancement well now one person died of cancer and one per like that should have lived and then you know that starts off a whole chain of events. I mean, the butterfly effect is is something people talk about. Right. So, you know, having um, that, like, I haven't watched it, obviously. I haven't done it. My homework, I'm terrible. Um, but, you know, just as soon as someone starts talking about, like, time travel and this, that, the other thing, my brain immediately goes, mm, I love time travel, but I also hate it. Because it's so easy to like break your story and break your universe if you're not careful with it. Because things start to become meaningless. And when your story loses meaning, what's the point? Right. You know, kind of like even in in season two of Picard when they went back and it was his, I don't know, great, 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 great niece, twice removed, whatever the heck it was, that was supposed to take that shuttle flight. And she was all nervous and they were trying to, and, Right, and uh, Spiner was trying to stop her. You know, she needed to get on that flight because that was a key event for other things that would have happened down the line to lead to where they're at. You know, it, it just but it goes back to the old to, to the same old adage: if you go back in time, would you kill Hitler? Well, okay, yeah, but what would that have done? What would have changed? What else would have come about outside of that? And it's, it's purely possible that, you know, just, just from the little bit of history, Trek history we have that Khan we make a bigger deal of than what it actually was back then, and all of something else would have happened and all these other things would have fell into place. But, yeah. you know, without it being written, we're stuck with what we know. Right. But I, I, I want the writers to leave what came before alone. Just, you know. Yes. I, I think yeah. I think respecting source material is really important. I think that's where my um my saltiness over Star Wars comes from is I feel like they weren't respectful of the source material at all. And so I actually started becoming a bigger Star Trek fan. Like I used to be like I was probably a little bit bigger Star Wars fan than Star Trek fan, but when they really started screwing around with the source I was like I'm done by. Peace out, you know. At least Star Trek they- and respect the God damn it, guys. Come on. Yeah. Like yeah. respect 
respect what came before. You can still go do your own thing. But if you really, really, really want to go do your own thing and not respect the source material, then just go make your own franchise. It's fine. I, or, I will or revive say, something yeah, else. Exactly. Now, I will say it was nice to see even, even a young adolescent con was not a pasty white Englishman this right. time, which was... Which was a drastic improvement. Yeah, they over, made him of Indian descent. Yes, over over J.J. Abrams' travesty. But hey, you know, can't have everything. Small victories, right? <laughs> well, you know, even but you, you mentioned Star Wars. Star Wars does not respect source material. No. Yeah, I mean, when you talk about that, when you, I mean, you talk about even like Darth Maul. Let's kill him off. Well, people liked him so much. We'll figure out a way to retcon him back into the series. You know, it's just and 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 again, yes, and again, and again, and again, right? And so, uh, they'll be close certainly not the Star Star Trek has maybe been better about it than most, and I don't know. I I feel like they, as a general rule, the entire timeline still holds together, and okay, not every date is now lined up. At least according to Strange New Worlds, and maybe Picard, but we have we have track that's being made relevant to a modern audience that I continue to hear good things about as a general rule. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I I haven't seen it, so right. I don't know about all of the the modern updates. I don't we'll know. Wait, we'll um, wait till Jen sees it, and then we'll make it an evaluative judgment. Well, I, I'm now curious to see some of. The, what Miles was saying about the the women interacting with the men, because um, obviously I I want you know positive things for for my gender, being a woman. At the same time, though, I don't like it when I see depictions of in order to depict a strong independent woman, she needs to then be like a bitch to men. Right. I'm like, no, that's not. I don't need to put other people down in order to bring myself up we call that bullying and that's not healthy behavior yes. like yes you know so totally agree. You, totally agree. you can just go off and be awesome and other people can be awesome too with you and in fact it would be better if you're like i'm awesome and you're awesome and we're gonna go be awesome together yeah, i'm gonna so. have to i'm gonna have to watch that a little closer now miles because i hadn't i the more i'm sitting here thinking about it i'm going oh i, I don't think I, he's wrong but and, and I have to really look at that. I didn't, I didn't really. I didn't really. Curious. I didn't really pick up on it when I was watching it. It was like I just got engaged in the story, yeah. uh, but it wouldn't surprise me if some of that was happening. I was dismissing it. And yeah. and go back into like the whole thing of respecting the source material. Now, granted, back in the sixties, they still didn't have you know it all figured out. We don't have it all figured out. Goodness gracious! But you know. The idea, and I understand maybe it was a little bit too rigid. Some of the idea was it was supposed to be more, a little bit more of a utopian society. And so I would hope that we would be depicting a little bit more aspirational things. Like, yes, still yes. keep people human. You know, you know, they're not going to all be like transcendent monks from some sort of, you know, monastery of, you know, flat affect, everything else, or however, whatever people think utopian societies look like. We won't get too far into that. But you know, let's have a little bit more aspirational and 
ladies, we can do better. Just because the men were assholes for how many, you know, generations does not mean we need to be. Right. Like, seriously. Right. You know, I guess the other thing, you mentioned something that kind of hit me, Chrissy, as you were talking. Uh, the uh, They're kind of figuring out Star Trek in the 60s, right? Um, yeah. Not every episode, Dave, Miles, you can maybe collaborate this more than I can, but not every episode that comes out of Star Trek is a wonderful piece of science fiction. Am I right about that? Uh, one word, Lazarus. Yeah. So I miss. So so you have. Fox brain. Yeah. Yes. So I mean, if we take these at and say what came in the original series is canon and can't be altered, and we also establish that there's some kind of bad Star Trek and they were figuring stuff out and building it on writers' deadlines as they went. Um, and maybe writers, they weren't concerned so much about a Star Trek Bible and making sure everything lines up. Is it then possible that we can uh, make an allowance for us to adjust things in the future because they really don't make sense? Maybe. I, I, I would agree. I, I would agree to with the point. premise to a point. What And it's always been one of those things that, I, that I've loved about about the series period, the franchise period is that for my whole life up until 2009, they worked hard at keeping everything building off of the other. Everything was in line and in sync. Yes. You are going to have episodes where your stories are just horse pucky. I mean, it's just so dumb and ridiculous. Really, it, Dave, it, such language. Well, I'm trying to class <laughs> yeah. it up a little bit here, you know? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, but we- Chrissy hasn't dropped an F-bomb yet tonight, so I'm just trying to keep it a Fuck. little bit more above me. There, <laughs> there you go. Okay. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. Just, just keep it already high. Don't you worry. <laughs> there we uh, go. Well, okay, um, Dave. Horseshit, so, got it. <laughs> so... <laughs> But everything that built the universe that I, I'm I'm watching and and indulging in has been pretty pretty well lined up. I mean, things are referenced back, things line up, all this kind of stuff to the absolute best humanly possible. Internal consistency. Internal consistency, exactly. And when that gets disrupted. The the true Trekkie nerd in me gets a little hot sometimes. Um, Understandable. Yeah. For anyone who is new listening, just reference back to any of our old recordings when we talk about the 2009 movie era. His favorite, of, his favorite, his favorite Star Trek, by the way. Yeah, my favorite, favorite, favorite Enterprise too. Oh God. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so I, I I could agree with that. That if you want to do that kind of stuff, but retconning crap that to change it from before I've never liked that. Whether Trek's done it, whether star Wars has done it, no matter who's done it. I, 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 eh, that always kind of bothers me. You know who we need to get in this conversation is Dayton Ward, because isn't he supposed to be a gatekeeper that's stopping this stuff from happening? Oh, well, yeah. Anyway, well, Mm. yeah. 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 Yeah, we'll have yeah. to get him on. A- we'll have to get him on to talk to him about that. Well, not to reference another 
controversy, but sometimes you have people who are very devoted to the source material, heavily involved in, you know, a production, and then all of a sudden, you know, they get pushed out or, you know, told to shut up because the other people in charge want to go write their own stuff and no longer want to respect the source material. Plus when you're you're getting a paycheck from it, you know, it... I think the writers are free to accept or reject whatever. That is uh, true, too. I mean, Dayton, I think he would would probably be in a consultant role. Right. So, you know, they they can they can accept it or reject whatever he has to contribute in that regard. Um, Yeah. But um, just I want to be careful. I'm, I'm not saying we need to go back to the same tone of the 60s. The 60s, while they accomplished a lot of good things, they didn't always write women really well. I don't want to go back to that. Uh, right. And, I mean, there, there are people that say, I can't watch 60s Star Trek. It's, it's, it's too misogynistic. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm not advocating for that at all. It's just I think the pendulum has gone the other way. And, um, you know, it's I, yeah, you know, it, I, it's not needed. Wait. Keep Next Gen no, and DS9 not. as your – as your, your 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 baseline, they seemed to do that really really well. Well, there there were still some problems with it, but well, you know what? If if you if you want to tell a modern Star Trek story with modern things, go just go make it up. It's fine. Just give us a whole new generation, a whole new crew. We've been there before. We will get excited for it. We don't care. Just give us more Trek. We're perfectly happy. To do that, you don't need to go back and change classic Kirk or Picard or you know Catherine Jane. You don't need to change any of that. You don't this and I. You don't need to. Yeah. It's fine. Just keep that there. Go tell your own story. Literally, no one is stopping you from doing that. There's no rules. It's great. Creativity. You know, go yeah, crazy. Stopping them. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we should probably move on. But- So before we talk about shore leave, do you want to talk about the new Ahsoka trailer and then move into shore leave? We want to watch it real quick or yeah, let's, uh, let's watch it. This dropped, you said about a week ago. And uh, so hopefully many of you watched it. We're going to watch it here and then we will go ahead and talk about it. War is inevitable. One must destroy in order to create. We are no Jedi. I started hearing whispers of Thrawn's return as heir to the Empire. What happens when we find Thrawn? Power. Such as you've never dreamed. I've spent most of my life fighting a war. That's why I'm trying to convince you to help me prevent another one. You and I both know who could help you with this. She's still just as stubborn as ever. I bet your master found you difficult at times. Anakin never got to finish my training. I walked away from him, just like I walked away from Sabine. You never made things easy for me. Master. As a Jedi, sometimes you have to make the decision no one else can. But I'm counting on you to see this through. 
Nice haircut. Sometimes we have to do what's right, regardless of our personal feelings. Buckle up. If we don't stop Thrawn, everything will be in vain. You have no power. Anakin spoke highly of you. I'm not here to discuss my past. We have a lot of work to do. Once a rebel, always a rebel. Oh, boy. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this. <laughs> okay. All right. So let's talk. What, what, what uh, I guess, what jumped out to you in this trailer as you watched this trailer? I see um, Thrawn's face. That? Yeah. So I'm, so let, let's, let's talk about Thrawn's face. Um, <laughs> sorry. A little bit broader. In the chin that I was expecting, because mm-hmm. Thrawn's always been depicted as more narrow-faced lower on. Uh-huh. So, yeah. Uh-huh. But acceptable. Yeah, when you're using the actor to keep the same voice as in the cartoon. Yeah. Yep. I get it. Yep. I can yeah, live with that. that. Do, we know, yeah. do, you get, do we know who this actor is? I'm not, you know, have you guys seen him in anything? I'm not familiar with him. Just his voice. Yeah. Um, I don't know the actor. Yeah, do we? Uh, sure. Did we? Uh, did we actually see Ezra? Yes, as a little hologram or whatever, but still I Ezra. Very briefly. Yeah, briefly. Got to see Ezra. Yes. So um, that um, that painting was cool because I, I mean they used the, basically the animation style from the animated right, series for that. Right, painting. that's a definite callback. Yeah. Um, the one person that is calls, you know, calls someone master, who is she referring to? Is she referring to Ahsoka or referring to Hera? I think she's talking to Ahsoka. Okay. Yeah. And I was like, I don't remember. Well, that could be something that's being developed. Jedi. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think she is, but I know after, at the end of Rebels, Sabine and Ahsoka went off themselves. Oh, uh, so this is maybe continue a training. Master not as in Master and Jedi, but Master is yeah. Someone is they, they went off looking for Thrawn and Ezra right after Rebels to try to find Ezra again. And the previews really allude to a point where they went their separate ways, right? And Ahsoka right. walked away from her. Yeah, but now she needs her help again. So. And we get the bam back. Bam back together. <laughs> Great. Um, do we do, <laughs> look at that do, 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 do we do, do we briefly see Mando as well? There's a Mandalorian uh, that shoots out. Sorry, I just hit my mic. Sorry, sorry. Everyone. There's a man's a Mandalorian that shoots out something from his hand at that one clip, and it looked like he was all in silver. We might. It wouldn't surprise me if we did. Right. Um, at some point, all these shows are going to get tied together. Right. 
So we get well, lots and lots of callbacks, but are they actually going to respect what came before? Are we just going to go off and do our own thing? Um, with who's running this show now, I, I think we're going to be very true to what came My by. trust has been betrayed before, Dave. Well, yeah, but, but that was not betrayed by you know the, the, the likes of uh, Dave Filoni. So, I'm just Filoni saying. have his hand on this one? Filoni is the creator of this show. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Well, then that that makes me hopeful. Yeah. Right. I'm holding out. Yeah. And and a and a director. Uh-huh. And a writer. Right. I don't know. So, I yeah. don't know. I don't trust these people. Oh, yeah. Filoni, you can you can. When Star yeah. Wars hit its troubled time, there was one set of footprints in the sand, and it was Dave Filoni's. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> okay, oh okay. My. You you that that is that is okay, that is probably that is, that is, that is positive. Um <laughs> I, I did like that that one lightsaber that's on like a circle thing that's whirling. I'm like ha ha ha. It reminded me of like Grievous with his like four arms whirling lightsabers. Didn't they, oh, it's like the Grand Inquisitor. Thing? Yeah. That's, that's, Inquisitor, like a, that's, that's, that's an Inquisitor thing. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. So you can tell all Star Wars nerds here. Yeah. What's the story between they're not. They're not. Uh, they're not Sith. They're not Jedi. They have these orange lightsabers, right? Yes. Are so, th- I'm betting the old man dates back to the pre-Empire Jedi Order, because if you listen to him, there was a he. He said something in there talking to Ahsoka that Anakin always spoke very highly of you. So, who knows where he came from yet? That, that I am so very curious to find out where those two are. Right. And it looks almost like a father-daughter pair, just just from sheer visual age-wise. And, yeah, so th- th- that's a big mystery right there. But it sounded like before some other things I read that they're looking for Thrawn as well. I don't know. Yeah. A couple of weeks we'll start to find out. Yes, we will. But yeah, lots of callbacks to Rebels. You saw Mon Mothma there. Yes. So Mon Mothma. Which, this is a live action version of Rebels for, for, you know, many, for many practice yes. Yeah, absolutely. That's so great. He's like a kid at Christmas. Look at this. He's so he happy. Is. The only thing that would make me happier is if they put, like, in the closed captions of this show, what Chopper actually says. <laughs> that would be fantastic. He, he's got a mouth about as dirty as you, Jen, from things like that. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> I mean, he's got a mouth about as dirty as you. They do have to keep the ratings somewhat family-friendly, just saying. Correct. You know, so you put in the cl- captions. <laughs> Incidentally, I did learn how to swear from an actual sailor, so. (laughs) They taught you well. (laughs) He totally did. Yeah. But it looks like you're going to see Anakin Skywalker, Hayden Christensen, actually playing Anakin again in like a flashback or something here. Okay, good. Uh, He's credited in an episode. Um, He must be having so much fun now. Oh, yeah. He's been vindicated. Yeah. He's had a career resurgence. Yes. Well, I mean... 
like I think I think a lot of the problems with his character in those prequels was not because he can't act. I mean, goodness gracious. Right. If if Ian can't redeem a movie, like no one can. That man is just mwah, chef's kiss and everything he does. <laughs> but if he was not able to save it, no one could. Right. right. Oh, right. we get to have Captain Rex coming back too. Oh, yeah, Tamora yeah. Morrison's playing him again. Good. Oh, so, well, not Boba yeah. Fett, but Captain Rex. Yep. That version of the clone. Yeah, I'll take. It. Yeah, absolutely, I'll absolutely. Well, good. So we're looking for when does uh, Ahsoka drop? Uh, did I hear correctly? August, which means we only have a few weeks to wait. Yes, we do. Do you know what August. date? Well, we'll figure Shogo it out. So I have enough time to go watch Picard, and then well, and then Ahsoka. This. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Have you August watched twenty third? August twenty third. Good. Have you watched any of the Tales of the Jedi shorts? Did they release no. another season, or is is it just? Well, I don't think so. Yeah, I think it's I, 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 I watch. I watch. Um, I don't think I did. They no. say you should watch. The, there's one, one or two in there with the so. You know you how I feel it. about series giving me homework to do. You know how right, I feel about right. that. Well, now that yeah, you have no homework, too. Yeah. If if you your your things should be self-contained. Me going and watching additional things should enhance my enjoyment, not be a That's requirement. Okay. That's what it does. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so long as it's to, as long yeah. as it's to simply enhance my enjoyment of yes. it, rather than. Make it so that it's stupid and terrible unless I've gone and watched it. Right. No, which, no, 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 no. I mean, no. which is why you need to watch the Ewoks at Endor movie. You don't need to watch. I'm that. just kidding. I mean, I'm just kidding. Okay. okay, I did watch this as a child, so I probably have a very different like first reaction than you. I actually really liked the Ewoks, but I was I also did too like, because it was like the only Star Wars that was out. I was like, wow, this is awesome. No, no, I didn't. I'm, Correction, I liked the Ewoks in Return of the Jedi. Oh, not the movie. I wasn't that fond of, of the movie, but I know, look, poor Dave is like having a conniption over here. As an adult watching the, watching it and then seeing them, I'm going, We should review really that movie as a sci-fi that diner. These, that, these, that these things are able to defeat this highly advanced thing with just logs coming and smashing them? Like, how does this work? They are truly Why advanced. I'm pretty sure if I had a tank, a U.S. tank, and got two logs and went like this, I don't think I could smash the tank. Although, does anyone have a tank for me to smash for science? If I had a tank, you ain't smashing it. I'm (laughs) doing the smashing. (laughs) But it's for science, Dave. Science. I need to know... Can a tank withstand two giant no. logs coming and smashing it? Although maybe if it was like one of those trees, like like redwood trees, but that's not what they depicted. Like if they were like you know as big as the two of us standing on top of to each other. To be fair, they did like they, really really big. They did shoot that scene in the redwood forest, so maybe they were redwoods. It been. They didn't look like redwoods though. And how far been. back were these things? Like what was the velocity velocity, <laughs> velocity. of the logs? Yeah. I, I now know. need to know what what it is, how big the force was, 
whether what the airspeed of an African swallow is. Got it. (laughs) That would make a great Mythbusters episode. I was just going to say, stay tuned for Sci-Fi Diner Mythbusters. That's right. (laughs) Where we attempt (laughs) to recreate the destruction of an ATST Walker with two logs. Yes. Can we destroy it scientifically? (laughs) What is the force necessary? So one of our listeners out there has to be a nerd and able to wireframe this into a video that we can do. A real science nerd. Oh, we would bring you on the show to talk about that if you did. Yes, absolutely. Explain this, the science. You know what? I would not be surprised if there was not some sort of like mathematical physics paper out there with said hypothetical thing. Maybe someone's already answered this. I need access to a university's library. Sounds like That's you just got yourself a new homework assignment. Okay, <laughs> sorry, guys. <laughs> See, How much homework can you take? <laughs> this is what made studying for my LCSW exam so difficult, because I would be reading something and go, oh, that's so interesting. Huh. Go out to Wikipedia three hours later. <laughs> oh, that's right. We were studying Maslow's hierarchy of needs. That's um, right. <laughs> okay. Not yeah. not the dancing plague of the video agents. <laughs> right. And- right. Chris, yeah. we can only give you so many extensions. I know, exactly. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. First, Picard, then yes. going and searching down the paper. I'll yes, that paper. absolutely. Um, all right, well, let's move on from Ahsoka and move into Shore Leave. And uh, Dave Miles, uh, you guys went and represented the Sci-Fi Diner at the con. Tell us a little bit about the con itself, what it was like being there again, and uh, your awesome experiences. Saturday was packed. It was and, it was full. Yeah, yeah. It did. It, it did. I mean, uh, according to Mike, it didn't sell out, but it was, but it was still very good numbers. And Friday was was very good too. I think a lot of that had to do. I mean, they had um, their, their 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 guest list had. I'm sure had a lot to do with it, and. You know, now that we're forgetting, I mean, COVID really seems to be a distant memory now. For, um, I, I hardly see anybody at the con with masks, um, so people are feel um, safe to to uh, be in these big, large group settings, which is good. Um, but uh, Fridays are usually in a little on the light side, but I thought it was pretty busy. And uh, Saturday, you know, if you had a celebrity guest panel going on in the one big room, it was still very busy elsewhere. Um, and, and God bless um, uh, Claudia Black and um, um, Ben Browder. Ben Browder. They're the ones that agreed to do free, to do free autograph signings uh, for, for a certain period of time. And their line did not... Stop. I, I got to Ben Browder. I could tell he was a little punchy. And I just said, Hey, I appreciate you doing this. God bless you for, you know, just, you know, for, you know, doing it. And, and he acknowledged me, you know, just that, you know, that is, it was appreciated, but, uh, um, but I could tell he was getting a little punchy. Um, I, I, I had a few, a few seconds to talk to Claudia Black. I just, Hey, I saw this new movie you're in. I'm, I'm interested in checking it out. She said, yeah, but it didn't, you know, it didn't end the way I thought it was going to end, but I still had a good experience doing it. Whatever. So she's in this movie called Deus. It was out a couple of years ago. It's free on Tubi, um, but it looks interesting. Um, so um, 
but yeah, they, I mean, they had a very, very good crowds, um, mm-hmm. the whole weekend. Um, yeah. uh, I had, uh, we were only given a chance to interview four celebrity guests. Um, I didn't, the doctor, you know, uh, what's a uh, Picard agreed to do it, but he said, look, I'm going to be busy doing this and this and this. Try to catch me when you can. I didn't catch him. He was just, you know, and, uh, Peter Macon, um, he had said yes. He would agree to an interview on Saturday, but I went to see him Friday, and he said, "No, I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm just too busy and all that." And, but I just look. Thank you. It's nice to see you here. Uh, ho- hopefully, we'll see another season of uh, the Orville. And you know, he, you know, you know, when you, when you, you know, some, some, you know, I'm told some people when they come to these cons, as far as the press or podcasters, act a little entitled to it, and I try to distance self, uh, us yeah. from that, just saying, you know. What you know? Yes or no? We're still happy to see you here and stuff. So, right. Yep. Uh, but uh, yeah. no. But but I still we still got. Um, um, let's see. We, we interviewed um, Bonnie Gordon. We got to interview uh, Aaron. Um, uh, Aaron. Aaron. Douglas. Douglas. Uh, Douglas from uh, Battlestar Galactica. Yep. Um, and, and I did get to. I had a really nice interview with Robert Duncan McNeil. And nice. um, um, I got to interview uh, James Swallow. Um, he's written a lot of Star Trek novels that I've read over the years. He's a Brit, and he's written a lot of Zone material too. So I had a nice interview with him too. So um, uh, that's cool. So I'm, I'm grateful for what we, what, you know what we oh, got. Absolutely. It, it was a very busy con, and I think you know with, with Browder and, and Black, um, and a lot. I mean, uh, Robert Duncan McNeil's autograph line was always busy too, and and Grace Parks yeah. was. I mean, oh, her, Grace Parks was huge. I mean, it kept, you know, went past the, re- if you're familiar with the layout of the hotel, it went past the restrooms. I mean, it was just like, as far as wow. people. Um, yeah. Wow. Down to the information uh, desk. It was, it was always long. Yeah. Her, hers was very long. So I think there's a lot of demand from fans want to, you know, get some autograph signings or, or pictures or whatever. So. And, uh, and Bonnie Gordon was a, she was such a sweetheart. Yes. Oh my God. You come up and talk to her. She would sit there and talk to you for like 15, 20 minutes. Like she never had a really long line, but she really engaged with anybody who came up to her table. And her big thing and, was the uh, voice of the computer and prodigy. Right? Yeah. 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 And Miles and I poked in, like we went in to sit down during her panel. It wasn't very full in there. We kind of sat in the back a bit and just to, you know, keep playing the day out a little bit because she was one of the first up that day. And we got listening to her and sh- she was hilarious, a little goofy, um, heck of a singer. She, she would write parody songs for... She'd use sci-fi themes to put sci-fi them Sci-fi themes, but, yeah. Uh, popular songs and, you know, you know her you know, her own Weird Al version of uh, uh, yeah. stuff. And she was a great entertainer, too. Good, oh, yeah. Good, good. They were clever. She, she, was, she was a trip. Good. Um, yeah, Aaron Douglas was pretty cool coming up and talking to him. I mean, he he was well true to his Canadian heritage. He was just a pleasant, cool dude. <laughs> yeah. yeah, very good. Well, so I, I hear that you did have an interesting experience backstage, and so I need to, I really need to understand this better and. Uh, so our listeners, we've hinted at this, and we really do need a tell-all here. So, well, this this is my fault. Um, but um, so I, I, I this is during uh, Robbie Duncan McNeil's and uh, Robert Picardo's panel, and um, 
I'm a, I'm a loyal listener of uh, Robbie Doug McNeil and Garrett Wong's um, podcast, uh, the Delta Flyers, where right. they are going through Star Trek Voyager. They're now halfway through season seven. Um, they've had some, you know, some of their Voyager alumni um, on the show, and the, the first time they they had the Doctor on before, this last time, but they also they, they called him out of the blue. They just said, Let, "Let's just call Robbie. Let's just call. Let's just go call Bob." And, uh, well, Bob is on his bike. And when they call Bob Picardo, he wipes out on his bike. And, um, you know, he said, ow, my ass. And uh, so I, I just said, you know, I enjoyed your, your, your appearance last time on their podcast. But that was the first your first experience with their podcast. Are you still mad at them for making you wipe out on your bike? And so he goes into um, uh very um, explicit detail. Um, he said, well, about, you know, his injuries, but he said, look, there are still uh, pending lawsuits and, uh, <laughs> you know, we're still, you know, litigating and stuff like that. And uh, for my pain and suffering, but he said, but yeah, I, I, uh, I, I, I did a number on my ass and look, after this is over, I, we go backstage, I can show you later. And um, <laughs> I'm thinking, well, this is the best offer I've had in a long time. But, uh, <laughs> he actually said that too, which was made it even. You said that. Oh, yeah, I said <laughs> for a long time. I mean, so Robert Ricardo basically offered offered to show me his ass. Right. I mean, <laughs> very nice. Uh, not often and, you get. Uh, not you everybody- typically, typically the doctor's the one asking to see your ass. So the fact know, that this right? is a role reversal, this is good. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know, um, I think uh, everybody seemed to. Uh, <laughs> Enjoy that. I just pretend to, you know, yeah. Let, let me see your ass, Robert. I mean, Bob. Um, you know, um, you know, it was it, it wasn't awkward at all. <laughs> but, uh, but yes, yes, uh, that was uh, my question. Um, solicited uh, response of, yeah, you want to see the scars, my ass? Uh, but uh, no, he that that panel was funny. These guys love busting each other's balls and i think picardo gets the advantage more about that he's just quicker and uh, uh um and more wittier um i mean uh, mcneil is a great producer and director and, and his acting is great but but picardo i mean there's just you know he he is just at a different level um as far as um you know his. T- you know he. He. You know a lot of he, he, a lot of what he does is comedic. So he has that timing. And, right. Um. I. 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 You know what? I opened the door, and uh, you know I. Uh, um. You know I had to walk in. <laughs> As you're talking about his butt walking in. Okay, I'm a bit disturbed, Miles. I'm disturbed too, Scott. <laughs> it's. Uh, you know, I mean, um, but still, it was an offer. Like, he had to consider it. It was the best right, one he had yeah, in a really right. long time. It was yeah, like, you know, well, that, let me, let me that, consider it. Let me think about it. That, that's my life today, folks. <laughs> Genius idea. Genius idea. If we have something in our sci-fi worlds, as we're having our discussions, that is just real garbage. Like, let's say we go to review, we talk quickly about, like, Howard the Duck. We can put that Fantastic in the segment. Movie, of the sci- by the way. Fin- yeah, yeah. We can put that in a segment in the Sci-Fi Diner called Robert Picardo's Ass. 
<laughs> I, I, I'm all for that. I'm all for like putting that in Robert Picardo's ass. I don't think he will appreciate it. Such he probably will. I think he would get the humor in it. Yeah, he would. He would. I, I think, but I don't. I'm just saying that he he might not appreciate the idea of such things. <laughs> Let him come on the show and tell us how bad it is. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yes. And he offered. It's you know he he opened that you know what he opened I said the door. I opened the door, but he uh, he he opened. When you say door. offering his ass and then opening the door, I'm wigging out a little bit about this guy. Just <laughs> talk about something else. <laughs> just just saying that a little so bit like. Is not me taking us <laughs> to the non PG things. This is um uh, we're straying later into the diner's evening, obviously. I'm just saying. Now, this is, I mean, this is in context. Miles is usually the one who keeps us wholesome. Yes. This is in all context of a bike accident, a horrible bike accident. Now, right, right, which is why we're talking about anything we don't like. How dare you make it fun in. of someone's terrible injury? Uh, yeah. Shame on you. That's right. <laughs> yes. There was about probably two or three times on my way home on Saturday where that that conversation just popped into my head, and I just started laughing in the car, going, "Oh my god, I can't believe he said that! I can't believe he offered to show us his ass!" That's I can't, I can't, that's I can't believe Miles responded the way he did. Oh, that was that was the best part. Like best Talk about had like comedic timing, Scott. You know, it's uh, you know, I didn't want. I, I can either you know go like this and walk away, or just embrace it. it. Have fun yeah. with it. Embrace it. Very uh, much embrace have it. Have fun with it. Robert Ricardo's ass, guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> One other big highlight, well, at least a highlight for me at Shoreleaf. Um, if any of you have ever watched the Starship Farragut um, oh, yeah. fan films that they made, I got yeah. them all here. I got to watch them again this week coming up just to refresh it out. Really good, really well done. That same group is working on another project called Farragut Forward. Um, their premise is now they've jumped out of the TOS era and they're now in the, the movie era with, with the beautiful maroon uniforms and the things that are there. They played us a little behind-the-scenes footage during, during their panel. And holy crap, did that look awesome. I mean, it, it it looked amazing from what they're doing. And listen to these guys talk about it. it I, I cannot wait for this to finish up. Now, the problem is, biggest problem is that thanks to certain fan groups ruining everything for everybody. Um, an R, sorry. Yeah. They're only allowed to make, what what, what was it, like, only your, your production can only be no 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 greater than thirty minutes and non consecutive. So I couldn't make a two hour movie, break it into thirty minute segments, right. and end up releasing it over time. They'd have to be different different stories, different episodes. The good thing about that, though, is Dave, if there's a a lot of new Star Trek fan films that have basically. Stink. Forgot, forgotten the whole Paramount yeah. guidelines. They 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 done their own thing, and Paramount is not coming after them at all. I think it was, no. you know, a few. I mean, it took a few a few years of a break, but then it's just like people started doing their own stuff again. But they're not making money off of Star right. Trek. 
And I think that, and I think that's the biggest overriding thing. As the guys talked about in there, we're not making money off of this, but look it up, check it out, Farragut Forward. It it, it looks absolutely outstanding, Mm. absolutely outstanding. And the big shocker when they started talking about building these sets and everything, they started right here in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, building these sets before they moved down to moved the production down to Virginia. And I was shocked, like this was going on in my backyard. And I had no idea about it. And I couldn't help. I, I, and I couldn't help. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, that was the big thing. I, I would have certainly brought my toolbox and come and help. But I had no yeah. idea the thing was going on. Yeah. Lancaster County is surprisingly good at building sets. Yep, yeah. That's true. They are. It is true. Like, I would, like, I, if, if, if you hadn't said, like, what can Lancaster County do? Building sets was not, like, would not be my top thing. But they're really good at it. Yeah. Really good at it. Yep. Yeah. So that, that, that was. Oh yeah. That yeah. was. Yeah. Very good. Well, I'm um, looking forward to hearing the. Uh, yeah. Do you do you have more to say, Dave? No, no. I was yeah, just saying. I was just looking forward to that, and yeah. wait to see when it comes out. Do we know? Do they have a uh, target date for it? I. I don't think so. They're still working on. They still need raising filming, more money. Yeah. Raising some, raising more money to finish up. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Very yeah. good. Well, um, before I, I we're about ready to wrap up the show here, before we do that, Miles, uh, we should introduce this interview that we have been delaying for some time that you had a chance to chat with at Farpoint, a different con that we go to. Tell us a little bit about this interview that we'll be sharing. Yeah, so I had the opportunity to talk to Carlos Alzraki and his uh, daughter. Uh, both of them are have done voice acting. Uh, Carlos has done uh, live act action as well. Um, his daughter is playing, is doing the voice of uh, Rock Talk uh, in Prodigy. Now, uh, at the time, we didn't know that that Paramount is basically pulling the plug on Prodigy, although there are efforts to try to keep it going. I think they, I think I heard they they, they did film season uh, two. two. That's it's, it's just they need a bit, but the problem is Paramount's not. It'll be. I, I read somewhere they're going to be airing it on another network eventually. Yeah, yeah. But uh, I had a, so I got a chance to talk to both of them at uh, Farpoint uh, about six months ago. But uh, I had a nice little conversation with them. Yeah, well, we'll share this conversation and then uh, come back after the interview. So enjoy. Sci-fi fans, we're at Farpoint 2023, and we're hanging out with primetime Emmy-nominated actor and voice talent, Mr. Carlos Alizraki. 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 And his very talented daughter, uh, Riley Alizraki. Uh, Mr. Alizraki's IMDb resume is an impressive list of uh, giving life and voice to characters on such well-known franchises such as Despicable Me, Beavis and Butthead, Star Trek Lower Decks, as well as being part of the successful comedy Reno 911. Ms. Alazraki IMDb resume is also an impressive list of live action and voice talents in children's programming, drama, and even horror comedy credits. And Star Trek fans know and love her for giving life to the character of Rock Talk on Star Trek uh, Prodigy. Welcome and thank you for taking time to talk with us on the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. Thank you. This, this question is for both of you. I would imagine there was a time in your life after entertaining your family and friends with uh, impersonations or, or and voices that you might have thought, I might have a real talent for this and I can make it into a career. When was that for you? 
Oh, for me, it was in college. Mm-hmm. Um, I had always made fun of coaches, uh, parents. Uh, as I had said in the uh, interview in the other room, that um, my best friend's parents were from Glasgow, Scotland. So five days a week, I'm there listening to them, uh, watching Money Python, listening to my own parents from Argentina, watching British comedy. So right around college, I just said, well, I've done my major. Let me try stand-up comedy and doing all these characters. So it was 1984 and 85 that I said, I think I could make some dough doing this. And then Rocco happened in 91, mm-hmm. and then off I went. So it was in the early 80s for me. Mm-hmm. When I knew that I wanted to be a voice actor. Or when you could make uh, a living doing this? Um, probably when I started like doing more roles. Um, mm-hmm. I started off Doc McStuffin, and then I started doing like Summer Camp Island and stuff like that. And then I guess I just got like more little guest stars, and I was like, okay, I can I can actually get these. And then I got Star Trek. Awesome. Similar question for uh, uh, Mills, Oz Rocky. Um, f- for you, I mean, did you see that uh, having a famous father, but thought maybe the, uh, you know, maybe some of that talent kind of uh, maybe inherited some of it? I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, pretty much. And for you also, so while Star Trek Prodigy is marketed as a kid's show, I have to confess, I watch it. And I love it a lot. This is the Star Trek I've been waiting for. Uh, there are times I've watched it and it made me cry because of the excellent storytelling, great characters, and callbacks to Star Trek that came before. What has been some of the positive feedback you got for your work and, and for the show as a whole for, uh, from folks, from fans? Um, so a lot of people today, there was one person who was like, he came up to me and he was like, your character is so inspired. You mean so much. She means so much to me. And he was telling me all these things that he loves about rock talk. And I was like, oh, like people. It it really got to me. Like people actually find it very, very, very inspiring. Mm-hmm. And I think that's so awesome because I was I was very proud. I was like, oh, thank you so much. And it's so awesome to see how people like can relate to a character or like you know um, just love a character and bond like relate to it yeah so um i think that seeing people so happy um with rock talk and like having it there be like having it be their favorite character and stuff it means a lot to me because it shows that they really like it she's like mo she's like mowgli you're you're part of us now man (laughs) cub or woman cub you're part of this jungle family i just want to assure you it's not just kids that love the show it's a lot Mm -hmm. of adults that uh it, it resonates with as well um for, for Mr. Alice Rocky, so this is a two-part question. When you're doing an established character like Bane in a Batman animated movie, is it your job to maintain what's come before, or can you add some of your own embellishments? Uh, what does the process look like uh, coming up for a voice for a new character? As I had said in, in, our, in our meeting on, in the other room as well, I didn't know the Bane legacy, as it were. Hmm. And so Andrew Romano uh, recommended me, and I came in, and, and I was going to do the character. It was not an audition process. Um... While I was doing, or just after, there was the Tom Hardy version. Like, oh, Batman, I see you. Uh, tossing people out of airplanes. Um, but no, I didn't know he had Latino roots or is from Latin America. I think Colombia in the, in, the, in the lore of Batman in a cave. But she just knew that I had Latino roots. And so I could go basic. And uh, when we thought before, I broke the bat. Today, I break the man. 
So I just went deep and gravelly and Latino, and that was all upon the suggestion of Andrea Romano, who steered me in that direction. But later to learn that he was such an important part of the Batman series and lore, I was really flattered because I didn't have any idea of it beforehand. I've enjoyed a lot of the Batman animated movies that you've, you've been in, so I look forward to more. Yeah. The question for you, sir. It's my observation that there are many comedians who are, are voice actors, but not all voice actors are comedians. Yeah. Uh, how has your background in comedy uh, influenced or, or, or helped you in your voice acting? Well, your recent guest, Billy West, told me the reason why, and he explained it so beautifully, is because we participate as comedians in theater of the mind. We see a bit. We write a bit, we produce a bit, we direct a bit, all in our head, and then we spit it back out. You know, I have a, a bit about leaving Riley in the car to go get a parking ticket verified, and the car was still running and she's rolling away. And I saw that movie. Mm-hmm. I was in that movie. And then I play the character that rescued her. I play her reaction. I play every part of that, and I see it in my head. And so because we participate in theater of the mind, like I remember when... My friend Kevin's dad used to talk to us. I see Kevin's dad. I'm like, Kevin, use a callus. If you're going to lift weights in that room, don't drop them on the floor. It's tremendous weights, Kevin. <laughs> I've seen it. I know how to recreate it. Mm-hmm. And so that's what voice actors do. We see it in our head. Mm-hmm. And we do that. I tell people we do that with dogs and pets, right? You have a dog and you're like, hey, you look at the dog's face and you're going to go, what do you want? You want to go outside, get you go, but you, 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 you. And it just automatically comes out because that's how you think the dog is going to. That's what I think Billy is right. Theater of the mind allows us to be voiceover actors. One last question for the both of you. Uh, what is uh, new on the horizon for you? Are there any new projects coming up that we could be plugging? Um, nothing much for me. Um, There's the possibility of more, maybe? More Star Trek projects? Maybe. Okay. Fingers crossed. There have been good signs so far. Okay. Um, hopefully. Um, I've gotten a few on-camera act, uh, auditions for a few stuff. Hopefully, you know, you never know. But nothing coming up for me. Not really. No. Okay. I've been guesting on Exploding Kittens. I think later to be named God Cat, Bad Crimes, um, uh, and then uh, currently on Camp Coral, playing Nobby. I'm gonna stop this. And a guy named Harvey's like always got conspiracy theories. And then Rock, Paper, Scissors with Tom Lennon and Ron Funches is coming out sometime later in 2024 with sort of photorealistic backgrounds. And it's Rock, Paper, Scissors as apartment roommates going through all their adventures. It's really fun. And uh, Farzar is right now. I play uh, Zobo, a cute little thing that loves chaos. So Rock, Paper, Scissors is is the big one coming out in 2023. Well, it was a pleasure speaking with both of you. Thank you so much for taking time to talk with us today. Thank you. And we'll end the interview there. All right. Thanks. Thanks so much. It was Thank great, you. Great, great meeting really both nice of you. you. Thank you. And we're back. Hope you enjoyed the interview. Miles, thanks so much for representing and bringing that to us. You're welcome. Yeah. So, uh... We should do a review sometime again of another movie. Uh, so we should make that on a, that's like uh, summer is a great time for me to do some homework. So and, and Chrissy needs more homework after all. But hold on, okay, hold on. So I'm doing Picard. I'm I'm finding myth busting of, right, of right. or paper physics paper of of Ewoks. We'll call that Ewoks. a extra credit assignment. <laughs> 
Yes, yeah, extra credit. There yeah. you go. To make up credit. for all my zeros when I completed my work. Right, exactly. Yeah. So, so we maybe off the air we could talk a little bit about what movie we want to do next. But uh, I'd be up to do a movie review for the next time. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, because we'll have, uh, and then the next time after that, we'll be almost out of Soka territory. So uh, I'll be interested to talk we about will that. Be. So, yeah. Well, let's talk. Uh, let's uh, throw some things around the chat and talk about what movies we want to go back and revisit. And uh, I know you mentioned uh, you mentioned one Miles that Picardo did. We could do that one, maybe. So uh, that that would be one. I have inner space, inner space, right? Yeah, yeah inner space with the yeah. That that be that be a suggestion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. All right. Cool. Well, very good. Well, it's been great chatting with you guys, and uh, I guess we should exit out of the show. Miles, why don't you take us out? All right. Till next time. Good night and good luck. We'll see ya. Leave your tips on the table and go boldly to SciFiDinerPodcast.com. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. The whole debate on Star Trek and then Rob Picardo's ass, you know, is this great? I mean, I, yes. I, I mean, uh, Marvel has Captain America's ass, Star Trek has. Picardo. That's what I said. That's the Delta Quadrant's ass, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. We did, Miles and I we did talk about that. It's like, you know, we're going to. We're all just going to run this for every mile weekend. All right. Yep. So yep. we have to remember when it's something that we don't like, we put it in Rob Ricardo's ass. <laughs> so the first thing I'm going to put in Rob Ricardo's ass is the cost of selfies that these celebrity guests, oh, God, them are charging. And I don't, and I, and I assume it's them. I don't, I don't think the con has anything to do with it. Um, but, you know, a lot of these people were charging. 40, 50 bucks for a selfie. Um, and I did pay for one. I, I, I did break down. I, I got, I did get a selfie with Grace Park. I saw that. Um, so it, I. it may, it may be also just a mitigation of, um, like to try and move the line along faster by putting that like stop gap of, okay, you have to pay for this. You already had um, a long, long line that was out the wazoo. So, yeah, so it sometimes I do know places will start putting in cost or people start implementing cost just to put a like an artificial barrier to an activity to like reduce crowds or reduce the number of, of times they have to do something. Um that that may be it may be that. So are you um, are, so you so Miles put it in Robert Ricardo's ass, are you pulling it back out? No, I'm just I'm just saying that there may be a behavioral justification as to, to why they're right, doing right, that. Right. <laughs> um, also, maybe maybe it's because on um, residuals, these poor actors are hardly making anything with the streaming services because every time they it airs and someone watches it, they're only making you know a penny or less than a penny. Um, so, so I don't begrudge them. For trying to make as much money as they can, they're 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 making money by going to the con. They're making money by selling autographs. They're making money by. I mean, 
I wish I got paid every time I had to sign something. Do you know how many signatures I have to do in a day as a social worker? They I'm should... sure a lot. Exactly. Yeah. I want to get paid every time I sign something. Yeah. You know, I, 20 bucks, I, 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 you know, that's, I can live with that. I mean, Aaron Douglas is only charging 10 for his. And, well, uh, on him. Yeah, but this Grace Park. Grace Park, she could charge, she give, well, Robert Duncan McNeil was charging 50 bucks. I, I don't know. I don't know how much Browder or Claudia Black was charging, um, but uh, hmm. Yep. Yeah. You know, Interesting. It, it is. It is. Uh, it's just you're already paying. It has gotten quite pricey. Yeah, it's just you're inflation. You're money to, I, yes. I I blame the government. Yeah, well, Joe yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Obama. Yeah, thanks, thanks yeah. Obama. That's right. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> not even an office and he's still ruining things. <laughs> no, to bring back the good times, okay, where autographs were cheap. They were cheap, people. Okay? They were cheap. Oh, Nobody gets autographs cheaper than another, me. Okay? Another, another thing we need to throw in Robert Carter's ass is Dave's impersonation Please of Trump. Please you're still recording. I am. I am still recording. Yes. I did not stop. Dude, that needs to be like an outtake somewhere. Dave just randomly talking about autographs. And like autographs <laughs> have gotten so huge. Okay, so huge. <laughs> like your hands. Like your wall. But that's all. Of it, like right? Robert his ass. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, yes. Uh, Good time. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Time. Fantastic. <laughs> Just wait till this episode drops. Okay. Oh. <laughs> I stopped the YouTube recording already before all this happened, so it won't be in the Why? video. One. Well, you could. Well, because I never expect that we're going to have all this you, crazy. So what you can fact. do is take the audio from the audio stream and just tag it on Sub with it like. in the end. Yep. Oh my gosh. And just like. Just. <laughs> Just like put like a picture of Donald Trump as you're talking, like, <laughs> and just like flash back between like Donald Trump and like Robert Ricardo's like different autographs. Like you could do it. I gotta get that picture of this, <laughs> that one during the whole thing. <laughs> yes, yes, do it. Oh my! See, we have brilliant ideas. We do. We come together. We do. Brilliant. Well, this is a lot of fun, folks. Let's talk about the movie we want to do off air, and then. Um, I'll it, throw a few suggestions. Yeah, you guys throw a few suggestions. We we, we agree or vote or whatever. It sounds like good. That. Yep. Okay. Howard the Duck. No. <laughs> Apparently, uh, Miles put that in Robert Ricardo's. <laughs> ass, so. That's going in Robert <laughs> <laughs> No, no, it does not. Not even he deserves such things. It's terrible. <laughs> oh, goodness Imagine gracious. when they okay. do a colonoscopy on Robert Ricardo. <laughs> what will they find in there? That's all I have to say. Well, apparently, Howard the Duck. Pricing, Howard, Howard, the Duck. Duck. Howard the Duck. Howard the Duck. All right. Obviously, 2009 Star Trek. Uh, apparently, yes. JJ Abrams. A lot of lens flare when they go in there with the camera. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, I can't see. It's too bright. Pull it back. <laughs> too, much, too much lens flare. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, I I should get going. <laughs> <laughs>